Welcome to the Run Back to Jesus podcast, where we are going to let go of all the weights holding us down and run the race God designed us for. Before we start today's podcast episode, we want you to be advised that today's content may have some triggers if you have any trauma or traumatic events surrounding drowning or any water accidents. So please make the best decision for you and your mental health about proceeding with listening to this specific episode. Well, summer is officially here and we are enjoying all of it. Our family loves to be outdoors. I love it when it's hot and we love swimming in our pool. This is the first summer since we've had kids that it seems like we can actually relax and enjoy the pool a little bit. And so much of that is thanks to an amazing tool called ISR, Infant Swimming Resource. What this is, is it's a program where your children learn how to first hold their breath underwater and then learn how to float and survive should they ever find themselves in the water in an unsafe situation. And as a mom and also a healthcare professional who's seen the other side of drowning, I am a huge advocate for this. Drowning is a leading cause of death in our kids under the age of four. And so it's just such an important tool. I don't get any kickback or anything from ISR. I just have seen it as such an amazing resource to teach your kids without just chucking them in the water and telling them to figure it out, how to not only learn how to to survive in water, but also learn how to swim and thrive in it. So if this is something that you are at all interested in for your kids, it happens all over the country and you can find an instructor near you on their website. So I will put that link down in the show notes if you're interested in looking into it for your kiddos. And so, like I said, this is two and a half years later after starting this program where we feel like our kids can actually be in the water and have fun. We're still sitting there with them, but it's a little bit more relaxing and enjoyable. And if you just look at it today, you would think, oh, wow, that's so nice. It must be so easy just to sit and have fun in the pool. But just like any skill or anything that you master, there's a lot of behind the scenes that go into it. So as a part of this, there was just a lot of lessons, a lot of time. There's a financial commitment. There is a part of protecting the skills that also includes no flotation devices or floaties after they start this program. So for the last two and a half years, our kids are in the water. We're actually holding them. The flotation devices can be a false sense of security in the water, and it also keeps them in the vertical position, which is the drowning position. As part of ISR, they learn to put their arms out and their head back and they're horizontal. They're floating in the water, so they're able to breathe until they're able to get to the side of the pool or someone's able to pull them out. And so the last couple of years, it's just been a lot of holding them, sitting on the steps. And my pre-mom self is just not quite as relaxing as I would have enjoyed. It was a lot of hard work, but obviously still a lot of fun, but it did take a lot out of you. And if you go back to when my kids first started ISR, it was not enjoyable at all. They were some of the loudest screamers there was, not because what they were actually doing was scary, but just because it was something that was challenging. They didn't really want to do it, and it wasn't how they wanted to be in the water. The poor lifeguard when we started this, so you're inside an inside pool, which is already really loud, and then you have a screaming child was literally plugging his ears when my kids <laughs> were in the water, and so they, they weren't the fun-loving fish that you would see today. And so now today in deep water, something that is really scary if your kids don't have the right tools, a kid who is fully trained in ISR can actually swim and thrive in it. And another thing that I really loved about it is they had respect for what the water meant. 
And there are days where I sit at the side of the pool and I just think, I think of what this water means for some families. And I honestly still respect what it could even have for mine. Something that can be filled with so much trauma and hardship. But if with the right tools and the right training and a lot of work, it's now a place filled with so many memories and so much fun. And it took a lot of hardship to get here. A lot of different setbacks. There's been many days of texting the instructor, hey, the kid's doing this now. What do I need to do to get them floating again? A lot of time and a lot of patience to get there. But when you stay the course and you stay through it and you have this idea that there's a bigger meaning to it, it's meaning something more. You put in the work to get through it. And now you're at this place where you can enjoy it. And it was most certainly worth it. And something I really want to be sure that we talk about today, especially after last week, if you listen, we talked about hardships, is just that. And we talked about it a little bit at the end of the podcast, but you know, sometimes life happens and you just don't get to the end of it. So I want to make sure we start with this today. And what I really want to focus on is that hardships are a part of life, whether or not you are walking with Jesus. We live in a dark world and there will be bad things that happen, trials that happen to us, whether or not we are following Jesus. And the difference is that if we follow Jesus, the hardships can have meaning. We can have peace and comfort in them and we can have a guide to get us through the hardships and learn and grow from them. And so in other words, if we think about it, at some point, we're all going to end up in the deep end of life. Some of us will start there with a false sense of security and we've got a flotation device and that's all we know. So we float out, it's fun, it's relaxing, but then it can be pulled away. And this happens to us in life any time we let the world keep us afloat. This can be anything from your job, your worth, maybe it's your physical help, a person, what people think of you, a car, a house, you name it. Anytime you let something of the world keep you afloat, What happens the day where you find yourself out in the deep end and the flotation device isn't there? We start to sink. For some of us, we let fear live in our mind. And so we know that, man, there's a lot of hardship out there. So I'm not even going to go out there. Fear and anxiety is just going to keep me in the shallow end. And we don't fully experience all that life has. Yet with Jesus, the hardships that we face as we walk with him prepare us for the deep waters. We respect what the deep waters mean, but we also learn incrementally how to get there. So when the, when the flotation device is gone and we are alone in the deep, we're not alone because we have Jesus. And if the waters are rising, we know how to still ourselves and float. And if we get far enough along in our relationship with Jesus and we hang with him long enough, we can even learn to thrive in the deep waters of life. But again, when we let the things of the world keep us afloat, when you're found without them, we, we panic, right? This is happening to me. What happens when that just gets pulled out? You panic. You move all around really fast. Maybe you're just spinning in circles, reaching for anything you can, and you're starting to sink. And when you do this in the water, that's exactly what happens. But in ISR, again, they learned they got to be still. They got to put their arms out. They got to keep their eyes up. They can't be kicking all around because if they do, they're just going to splash water in their face. They're going to take the water in. They're going to gag and then they're going to panic and sink. (laughs) And this is where we need to learn in life that when the water starts to rise and it's getting too deep, we learn to still our minds. We put ourselves in this position of surrender, our arms wide open, and we look up to Jesus. And maybe we're just simply floating and that's how we call out for help. And that's where we start. But then someday we learn to just look up to him, catch our breath, and then we keep 
on swimming. And if we don't make these distinctions about hardships, knowing that they will come, regardless of whether or not we're following Jesus in some shape or form, we can think, why in the world would I step into Christianity if all I'm hearing about is how hard it gets? We talked about the story with Paul and Silas last week. And I think if we're being real with ourselves, if we only know the story, okay, Jesus stopped Paul from going one way and he had to walk into this really hard place, beaten almost to death, thrown into jail, all just to save one other family. Maybe right now I am beat up enough and I can't even save my own family. Am I willing to walk into something for someone I don't even know? And so we can let this be our story. And maybe that's what's even keeping us from fully following Jesus because we see that there are hardships. And so I just want to center on this as a hardships come in life. It's what happens in them with Jesus that's so different. I want to go to John chapter 10 and here Jesus says, I have come so that you can have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus came to us. We didn't have to go to him. Jesus came to us, laid down his life so that we could have life here on earth and have it to the full. Not just, okay, we're going to follow Jesus. It's going to be really hard. And then we go to heaven and have life to the full. No, life here on earth can be full. And when I think about this and I think about my life, I have to first ask myself, and maybe this is something you need to ask yourself too, is my life really living to the full? I look back into the seasons where I was chasing a lot of worldly things, and I thought I was finding fullness in my work, in what I was doing. There was a lot of false senses of security in that. Those were flotation devices that were keeping me up, thought life was good. But when they got pulled away from me, I sank. And if I'm being really honest with myself, even in that season where I thought I was floating in the deep end and life was just good, there was still a lot of anxiety. There was a lot of numbness and a lot of distractions that kept me from really enjoying what I was made for on this earth. And I want to go to Psalm 23 because I think this paints a good picture. We talk about how Jesus is a good shepherd. And so I want to have us look at what it means when the good shepherd is leading us. In Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When I think about this psalm, it says, when the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. It doesn't say... When I'm just experiencing all good things and I'm floating on a raft in a pool, life is good, I'm not lacking. I think about if Jesus is my shepherd in all circumstances, I'm not lacking. And so if today you are lacking or you're not experiencing rest or refreshment or comfort or fullness or love, there's another shepherd leading you. And if life seems okay in this moment, but if you're honest with yourself, if there is something in my life that gets pulled out from me, I'm not going to be okay then there is another shepherd leading you. If in the hardships of life, when life does get hard, you don't have a place to go rest, a green pasture or quiet waters to calm you and refresh you, there is another shepherd leading you. If you're feeling fearful today, or you're lacking the loving comfort of a protector, some other shepherd is leading you. 
And I think this example is so good for me and maybe it will be for you too. But if you feel like your cup keeps running dry, you're trying to fill up and then it empties. You try to fill up and then it empties. Another shepherd is guiding you. Our life with the good shepherd is one where we lack nothing. And that is regardless of whatever circumstance we're in. And also remember, we are human and it takes a lot of maturing in faith to get to this place. But this is what Jesus wants for us. He wants us to get to this place where it doesn't matter what happens to he- us here on this earth. We will not be lacking because we we have him. We can face the hardships and the trials that will come and we will not lack because of him. He wants us to find rest even when our world is restless. He wants us to find comfort in the midst of turmoil. Jesus wants you to know the joy of jumping into the deep end, things that will sink people and you will just pop right back up and you will thrive in it because you have the tools it takes to survive in the waters of life. Now I skipped over verse five. If you know Psalm 23, there's a line in here that I skipped over and I want to talk about this line right now. So we're seeing that in this life, we can have it to the full because of Jesus, because he is our good shepherd. In verse five of Psalm 23, it says he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. And so right next to our table where we have everything and we are not lacking is the enemy. And if we're not careful, he wants to come in and steal all that goodness that God has for us. If you look back to John chapter 10, right before Jesus said that he comes so that we may have life and have it to the full, right before that, he says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. The enemy doesn't want you to experience full freedom. Even when you're in the midst of the deep end of life, he doesn't want you to have that. And here's the thing, he's a liar and he's a manipulator. So these are some things that he is going to try and do so that you don't experience that. And I think it's so important to recognize it because as we recognize it, it's gonna to start to open our eyes how maybe the enemy is working in your life. If you're saying, I'm not experiencing life to the full right now. <laughs> maybe he's working in one of these ways in your life. I think the first thing that he does is keeps fear in our life. He says, oh, don't you go out to that deep end because it's scary. And so he'll make you think, just sit on the side. Just sit on the side. And if you don't know how to swim, please sit on the side of the pool. But this is what he does in life. And so we never experience life to the fullest because we're afraid to go out into the deep end. And we're afraid to step into the hard work that it takes to be successful out into the deep end. And if you do decide to get out there, what else he may do in your life is say, okay, we're going to go out there. Here's this nice pink fluffy flamingo. You just float on it over the deep end and the waters of life. And you're just going to rest and take it easy. And it's all going to be good. And so the deep waters don't seem scary. As long as you got that float underneath of you, that float that you want until the day that he pulls it out from underneath of you and you sink. And you know what he does then? He says, God pulled it out from underneath of you. And so you're sinking and you think that God took the raft away from you and you're mad at God. Anyone ever been there? I'm mad at God. How dare he take my dream job away from me? I'm mad at God. He put me into a friendship that ended up being backstabbing and devastating. I'm mad at God because I wanted to have X, Y, or Z in my life and he ripped it away from me. And the enemy will say, look what he made you go through. And you know what else the enemy will do? He'll throw you another flotation device just to get you again. Okay, God made you sink. Here you go. Go shop it off on Amazon. Or here's a big bowl of ice cream. You deserve it. And it's not just one bowl of ice cream, but this happens night after night after night after night. Or maybe if you're me, he used to say, go run it off in a workout. You'll feel so much better. He knows exactly what it is for you. 
exactly what you'll grab onto in the deep end that will seem more enticing than Jesus, that you'll turn to to get you out of it in that moment. And a lot of times he'll repeat this cycle over and over again. But you know what flotation devices can't do? They can't come to the bottom of the pool when you're stuck down there. Someone's got to come in and get you. And the one that truly pulls us out of the deep end is Jesus. And it's only him. And he brings us back up and he gives us fresh air. He is the one that goes through the dark valleys and gets us through it. And he'll bring us back up to the surface and take a breath. But surrounded then as we get up and we start breathing again is all the other flotation devices that the devil wants you to grab onto instead of continuing to hold on to Jesus. Jesus wants you to go through some hard things in a controlled way and right there with you to be your support, to encourage you, to help you get to this place where you know how to survive in the deep ends of life. Just like my kids when they were doing ISR, right? They didn't start by just chucking them in the deep end and saying, figure it out. They started in a controlled way. Okay, the instructor's holding on to you. You're going to go under and you're going to learn how to hold your breath, right? That was the very first thing they did. And in the beginning, they resisted it because it was new. It was scary. And that wasn't how they wanted to be in the pool. They had no desire to do it. They just wanted to play and have fun. But the instructor knew what was best for them. And incrementally, in a controlled way, they went through the steps that they needed to have in case they ever found themselves in the deep waters by themselves. And this is what Jesus does for us. He takes us through the hardships in controlled ways and we kick and we scream and we cry because it's not how we wanted it to go. But Jesus knows. He knows what we need. It's all about his bigger picture. As a mom on the side of the pool, when my kids were kicking and screaming and crying that they didn't want to go in, I had to remember. I had to remember the ultimate picture. A crying kid is a breathing kid. I had to remember the hardship of what the alternative could mean for my children. And I knew that bigger picture. And that's how I helped them through it. Their instructor knew that bigger picture. And that's how she helped them through it. Jesus knows the bigger picture of what our hardships are preparing us for. And he's always there. So maybe we start with him, right? We keep our eyes on him. We think we're doing okay, but then we start to sink and we fall. Just like Jesus was there for Peter, right? He stepped out on the water. He started to sink. Jesus pulled down and pulled him back up. It's just like that instructor that was always there with my kids. There was a couple times where they felt like they were out there by themselves, but the instructor was right there. Well, Jesus is always here. And so even if we follow him and the waters do consume us, he's there to pull us back up. So I just want to encourage you today. Don't let the hard things of life scare you. We're going to face hardships at some point. There are going to be things that are hard for us to go through. But when Jesus is leading you, you will have a life to the full, even with the hardships. They will happen in a controlled way in Jesus's eyes. They're not going to feel controlled to us, but to him, they're controlled. And he's right there with us to pull us up when we start to sink. I love this picture in Isaiah chapter 43, verse two. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. Jesus is with us. And so even as we go through those waters that seem hard, that are giving us those tools, he's with us. And they're not going to overcome us because he's there guiding us through them. And maybe you want to ask today, well, how do I know if Jesus is leading me? You, we saw, if you are reading in John right there in chapter 10, it says, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice and they will follow me. We know Jesus's voice by reading scripture. 
We see how he spoke to us and he continues to speak to us. So as we continue to stay rooted in scripture, as we continue to stay rooted in prayer, we're going to know his voice. We're going to know which direction to run to when we hear him talking. And then we're also going to learn, you know what? This is the enemy. This is just a flotation device that he wants me to put all my weight on right now. And he could pull it out at any point. And I'm not taking that risk. And so as we grow and learn in prayer and through any relationship, it takes time. But as we grow with Jesus, we learn how to recognize his voice. And sometimes we go through valleys, but we know if it's him guiding us through it, because I don't know about you, but I'd rather go through a valley with the good shepherd who loves me and who will protect me than walk through the valley with the thief who wants to kill and destroy me. Life is like a pool. We can avoid truly living because of the fear that may come with getting into the water and then face the hardship of regret. Maybe we go through life and we just stay in the shallow end and we never fully know life to the full. And so we live in that hardship of experiencing a life less than. We can try and take the easy way out and just use the things of the world to keep us afloat and experience the hardship that comes when that thing gets pulled out from underneath of us. We can even keep grabbing at the flotation devices and go through the vicious cycle of floating and sinking and floating and sinking and grabbing onto these things that just never last. Or we can go through the hardships with Jesus. We can do the hard work. We can face the hard things with a guide who knows exactly what we need to have life to the full. And we can not just hear about it. We can live it. We can live in a world with so much trouble and still have life to the full, knowing that Jesus is the best lifeguard there is who will save us when we get it completely wrong, but who will also let us have those moments of figuring out how to come up and how to float and how to be still and how to keep our eyes on him. And maybe at first it's just, I'm being still and I'm looking to you, Jesus, and I'm waiting for you to come pick me up. But eventually it becomes, I jump into the deep waters. I come up, I look to you, I catch my breath and I keep going. And I know the joy that comes from swimming and being in the deep end and not letting it consume me. And we find out what it's like to float in a world that's trying to make us sink. Let's end today in prayer. Dear Jesus, we just want to thank you for the opportunity to sit and be in your presence today. Thank you for the reminder that life will be full of hardships, but that if we turn to look to you, we have the best guide, the best teacher, the best comforter, and the best rescuer there is. Jesus, we need your help to hear your voice, to recognize which flotation devices of the world we've been putting our weight on, to recognize the fear and anxiety that's keeping us from the hard things that are preventing us from living life to the full. Jesus, help us to still our minds today, to put our arms wide open and to look up to you, to find the strength that we need, the courage we need, the lessons we need to live this life to the full and to flow in a world that was meant to sink us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Don't forget, every Saturday we have our prayer and workouts where we take this podcast topic and we put it into motion. We move our body and we honor it, but we fix it all on Jesus. We'd love to see you there. All the details and all the other free resources and everything we have can be found in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. We'll see you again next week.